listening to the RU Twins podcast. And that's Brandon, the man who cannot take jokes about his creativity. And that is hey, that's not funny. And this is Dustin, first person I've ever punished for rolling a nat 20. And we are twins. What are we breaking today? All right, we're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Hello. Uh, some of you might know, uh, we are currently in a campaign. Uh, Brandon is the DM. I am in it as my second character because my first character was immediately exiled um, because I killed a character. <laughs> An NPC that was vital to the one-off that we did that was not part of canon. It was just a one-off that we did. Well, uh, behind the screen... If you guys want to know the details of what happened there, uh, I was talking to Dustin after we did our one shot. He had rolled a, uh, an ASMR paladin and he was doing well with it. But we also had like six people that were paladin, warrior, rogue or whatever. Yeah. And so and- just to give you a little bit even further of a backstory, we're playing with like eight people or ten people or I don't know how many people. And we, we had a spreadsheet of what people wanted to do. But that wasn't that wasn't updated enough, or people just didn't care about that enough, right? And so we had we had a couple people who joined in right as we were doing the one off with what character they wanted, but didn't tell us about it. And so we ended up with like two or three druids, uh, two paladins, a fighter, a warrior, or barbarian. It's just like Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> so I had talked to Dustin about this after our one shot before we started our campaign. I said, hey, man, do you want to roll your wizard? Because we were going to do Wizard Warlock together yeah. on a different game that we were planning. And he said, yeah, I'll go ahead and get my wizard going. We'll just have to figure a way to get rid of the paladin. I said, there's not a big deal. Like, it was just the one shot. We don't have to make a cannon. He's like, okay. And then literally... Our first episode, him and Robbie make this big ass scene about um, Robbie, who played the barbarian. His name is Rot. Um, made a big scene about the half orc being mad that <laughs> the, that doesn't make any sense. If we're going to talk about the half orc gets mad that a paladin killed somebody, makes absolutely no sense. I think it's but because he what, wanted to kill him, and I had the audacity be. to be. The, lead, the, the, the leader and take that also, from him right I don't, I don't know i think it, i think it had a lot to do with dick size more than anything it's so funny i was yeah. like okay we'll just go with it because these guys don't know how to play anyways so it's fine we'll just make yeah. it work so they exiled um, montgomery yeah montgomery uh, which is funny because the reason why my name is was montgomery is because i have a squirrel here who my wife uh, I gave to as a present. His name is Montgomery, but the nickname of him is Gummy, and, which is what your Twitch stuff and is. Yeah, Gummy is my my Twitch streaming stuff. Yeah, 
So, so it's, it's all fine. So we, yeah. so we, we exiled Montgomery Velen and we moved him out of the party. And then there sat Saturninus in the pub. Yeah. And then, then he joined the party because he liked what they were doing. Yep. So we basically pretty much had to write in a storyline to make that, yeah, type of thing make sense. It was good. It was a good storyline. Um, it was mostly catered to teaching everybody how to play D and D. Um, a lot of the people either a have never seen anything, b never heard of anything, and and such like that. So the whole initial campaign was to walk them through how to play. Yeah, I think that out of everybody, uh, including our DM, only three of us had actually played the game. So it, it was it's definitely a learning experience. Um, there's moments of being dry, uh, moments where we're trying to figure things out, uh, not in the game, but just trying to figure things out because well, you, of the game. Yeah. You need your dry spells in, in, a, in a standard Dean. It's not like the podcasts. When you listen to people no, no, play no, no. podcasts. I'm not, not saying, I'm not saying in the game itself. I mean outside of the game, trying to figure okay. things out. Yeah, trying to, we, before we even get started, we have to half the time make sure everybody's like ready. And that's well, no yeah. fault. That's no fault to that person. It's just they've never had to do that before. They've never had to level up their character, and so then we have, you know, a little bit of time spent doing that type of thing. Well, yeah, we usually have a start time of nine p.m., and we usually don't start until nine forty-five, which is fine. We get to hang out and shoot the shit. Like it's fun just talking to you, talking to Matt, mm-hmm. and all of them. So I just. I want to point out, though, and I think it's an important point, and I started to nudge at it before you interrupted me, but I think anybody that wants to... It's fine. It's fine. I think anybody that wants to get into playing D&D needs to realize that, yes, the podcasts that they can listen to on on Apple or Spotify, um, when you listen to an in-game live play of D&D, playing real life is not going to be that way. Right, so Every- you, you have an hour episode. Let's say that you're listening to um, whatever, X and Y, Z podcast. Uh, they have four hours of recorded time that week, and they boil it down to a one-hour uh, podcast. They, they cut all the dead spots. They cut all the extra time in between roles. They cut out the, the mm-hmm. extra discussions. Um, but the important thing is, like, I just... When the DM is telling the story, he's telling the story and he's con- concocting the the way that everything goes. It's not railroaded. I tell the general story and I let the dice roll and I let everybody decide that. But when you're listening to an online podcast, it's usually stories are scripted and then they go X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm not going to give any examples because I'm sure every podcast does this, but the DM will allow roles to break the mold so that they can get their story to progress. And they're great stories. They're fantastic stories, right. but it's not its not live gameplay. And I want people not to get discouraged when they're sitting around the table with their two friends or three friends and the DM's going, it's like, this is boring. Well, no, it's not boring. Like, you can't Matt Mercer everything. Like, it's just, it doesn't happen. You have to I don't to get that play. reference. Okay, so Critical Role, his DM, Matt Mercer, he's a voice actor. He was uh, McCree for Overwatch. Okay. Um, he, he runs a table, Critical Role, 
and he's got like Laura Bailey, who's in uh, Jaina. She's a part of it, and they go through and they all do their voice acting, and everything's he's better with the dice rolls, but he makes such flair out of everything. So when you guys are playing D and D role, um, people use the word Matt Mercer as a verb when something's not as flary, like you can't Matt Mercer the situation. So normal D and D game is just raw and fantastic. And you guys got to make your own story Mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. All right. So that leads me to like a couple of questions. Okay. Are Um, we we just interviewing the DM or are we going to, well, am I gonna? I mean, yes, you could ask me questions in return because I've actually played more than you. But yes, yes, you have. Um, so essentially, just a couple of questions. Uh, when was your first? I don't remember. Was doing this your first experience with D and D? Uh, first time DMing. Yes. Um, oh, playing. The only time I ever played was with you and John Minzer and and Jacob oh, yeah. Slater. Yeah, back. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Everything else, I I read all the books. I studied up on all of the hand manuals. I listened to all of the podcasts that I could, um, and I, that's why I get my bias on them. But I I studied a lot of them, and I saw where the gameplay was, and then mm-hmm. I listened to DM podcasts where they talk about how to DM games. I listened to player manual podcasts. I did a lot of research going into this game. Right. Okay, um, so what are you currently working on right now? Other than uh, other than what we're doing uh, with our friends lists, like what are you currently working on? Oh, for D&D? Or yeah, like, yeah, 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 D&D. This is a D&D podcast, buddy. I know that. I just, I'm concerned by the question because a lot of the stuff I'm working on is just for us on our D&D podcast. I am also working on pod- build... We don't have a D&D podcast. No, I know. I'm in our, our game. Everything yeah, yeah, I'm working yeah. on for that is is for that. I am actually in talks with a couple people to start a live play podcast game. Um, going to call it... Should Not I say the, the name? Nope, no. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay, that's yeah. right. I don't want people to steal that shit. Anyway, so we're not that they're going to steal from us, but I'm going to. Well, the idea is I want to make the most realist possible gameplay. Mm-hmm. And so it would be letting the dice rolls and, and letting the life move and, and letting that direct the story instead of making storylines and stuff like that. And I don't care if it's boring, I don't care if there's some episodes where it's dry. Well, we can cut some of the dry parts out, but right. I, I kind of feel like it's important to 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 move it forward. So I got a couple people interested, and I don't know who's all going to do it, but I think that's what I'm working on too. Yeah, um, I'll tell you right now what I'm working on. Yeah. Um. So I have a, a main podcast, uh, Drink In Geek Out, that we talk about nerdy stuff and drinking. And I feel like that's essentially going to be up the aisle, the alleyway of doing something nerdy is playing D&D. Mm-hmm. And they've all shared their interests in actually playing. And so I started writing a script. And the the idea is to play this as like one of those R.L. Stein's Goosebump books where mm-hmm. you determine the path. All right, you make this decision, go to this page. You make this decision, go to this page type of thing where uh, I come up with scenarios on predictable stuff. So if if we're in this situation and they notice this or do this, 
this is the way that I want to go. And they'd be like making notes. I'm definitely not going to write a story for every single possible decision that one would make, but I kind of want to make this into more of a streamlined, um, streamlined story so that I'm not thrown into left field. Like, you know, some people could potentially be. And I feel like this could be a problem because I can't think of everything. You can nudge your players along. I do it a lot. Um, you can, you can, you don't railroad them, but you sheep herd them. Like you know what two possible directions are. you like. Let's peel back the 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 layers just a little bit on our game. Um, when I said that we were open box sanding when there's open sandboxing to go to four different locations that we were going, I had uh, a, an idea of where we wanted to go. We would have gone to one of four places, but I knew that the road to get there, I was going to do X, Y, and Z. And I would have done the same X, Y, and Z on the road to get no matter where we were going. Yeah. So I gave you guys a player choice of where you guys wanted to go. But I already laid out X, Y, and Z. So it didn't matter which way you went. It would have given the, the story down further would have been different because we would have went to location A instead of location B. But yeah. X, Y, and Z were the same. So what you could do if you have your your R.L. Stein style Goosebumps story, you have A, B, and C, you could push them towards A, B, and C. You could drop hints on which one's important. You don't want an F in there. You don't want a G in there. You don't right. want your players to become murder hobos, or you don't want them to be like, "Is this candlestick worth note?" No, no, it's nothing. Right. So, s- so essentially, uh, the way that I was anticipating would be, oh, if you if you get dropped into a room, mm-hmm. um, and you are describing the scene. You put emphasis on emphasis on something at the end. So you're describing the room, and then you the last thing you say is potentially something that you want them to investigate. Yeah, you could be like you. So we'll use this as an example. I'm in a room with a fireplace. So you guys enter a room with a fireplace. You notice that the lights are a little dim. Um, so for there's a fireplace crackling in the corner. There. Things about the fireplace. Um, you don't need perception checks for everything. Right. You can you can lean them towards perception checks. You could say that the, everything else in the in the room's got um, white drapes on. Looks like it's not been lived in. Looks like there's dust everywhere on the white drapes. Um, you look at the mantle above the fireplace, and you notice that there's something up there that's missing. You can tell by the the dust pattern, something's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and But everything else in the room is illuminated by the dim fireplace. Yeah. So and you, then you can, you don't have to say dim as much. You can be like, when you first talk about the fireplace, you would say, uh, you hear the crackling, but you're, you can't really see the flame type of thing. You know, yeah. that way they're like, oh, the, the fireplace is, is lit, but it could use some work to get more light into the room. And it gives notice that it's not a, well, it's not a gasoline fireplace. It it means somebody was in there recently and lit the fire, right? And then they'll run a perception check and they'll notice that something on the mantle's missing. It could have been a, a, a canister with a key, or you can right. do all kinds of stuff. 
I yeah. mean, if I, if I hear something like that, then my first thought would be to tend to that flame to see if I can get more light in the room. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it led me to that. Way. Because I, because I said dim four times. Yeah. And, and I led it with saying that you, you can hear it, but you can't really see it. And so you're thinking, you know, I, I could probably get more light in this room because it's dark mm-hmm. and there's a flame, but it, you know, could use some work. So, that way you're not telling player B. Hey, uh, he, he's not, he's not going to go look in that corner and be like, what's behind the chair? Well, who cares what's behind the chair? There's nothing there. Or you'd be like, perception check. And they roll a perception check of like uh, a 19. Yep, there's nothing back there. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just kind of, you know, you, you're dice driven, uh, but you can still potentially uh, kind of limit what they're they're doing, right? So even if they yeah. roll high, you can be like, get knocked out and you're out of the game for half an hour. You can even... <laughs> so, so we were... Last up, last um, session that we played, we were coming into a group of werewolves in a party, and um, the governor had showed up of the town, and I had the players give me a roll for opposed strength checks or to get out of the opposed dexterity check or whatever, and everybody rolled pretty poorly, which meant that they were detained by the werewolves and they were dragged out and. That Dustin rolled a nat 20. <laughs> and so naturally, nat 20 means that they tried to grab him and he whisked himself away and he knocked over someone and he got out of there. No, I didn't need that. So I had, with a nat 20, I had him get hit in the head with a fucking stick and knocked him out. So he resisted. He did resist, but they still went with them. So he got taken. Yeah. And... Josh rolled four natural ones in a row and nothing bad <laughs> happened to him. And I get a natural 20 and I get my ass kicked. The first person I've ever punished for a nat 20. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't trust your dice rolls anymore. I get a 20, I get knocked the fuck out. It's dumb. All right. Um, one other, th- one other question about your, your plan when it comes to coming up with a story. Do you have one? Or do you just have an ending that you want to get to? Um, how's that come? You will like drive, week to week? You will drive yourself nuts if you plan out every little detail. So what I do is I have an idea of where I want to go. Um, using our story as an example, mm-hmm. we we found out that the, the warlock who, who stole all your guys' items is trying to raise the black dragoness um, Tiamat. And after he had killed you guys all, you guys were risen up by the dragon Bahamut. And he explains to them that there's going to be a a standoff between Bahamut and Tiamat at the end of the story. And to get there, you guys need to um, open up or resurrect or awaken or whatever that we decide to flavor call the other elemental dragons that are within the world. So that's where you guys are going right now to try to find the earth dragon or whatever, or the fire. Is it fire? No, the earth dragon. There's earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause he's up in the dwarven mountains or whatever. So the story is to get you there. Um, but, and so I have a list of items that you guys are going to need for the encounters at the end. One person's already gotten their legendary item. Everybody else has to work to get theirs. Um, but those are going to be sprinkled in. It's not your main quest. It's just rewards for doing the main story. So I have, I have the ending that I want. 
I have the little side quests to get there. And then I just basically let you guys determine how we get there and the story in between. So I don't really think of anything for that day until that day. I take about an hour before we go. And then I come up with what we're going to do for the day. And then we just go. Have we passed any side quests? No, no. You have gone further than I had plans for. And then I just rushed it. Like the train scene. I rushed through some of it to get past what you guys already beat me on. And then I came up with a better ending. And then the march up to the tower to get the second artifact, we um, went through that faster than I wanted to. So I put the chase scene at the end of the episode instead of a whole episode by itself. Mm -hmm. Well, the chase scene was its own scene, but getting up to the tower, it was a big mess. But we, we figured it out and then made it work really well. It was probably one of the group's favorite, I think, the chase the big giant chasing. Yeah, I think that I think that some people got away easy in that fight and then others Oh, were the easy. druids? The yeah. druids in there? Yeah. yeah. I keep forgetting that I have a player character though. And then all of us other people were, you know, struggling to stay alive. Like it was it was hairy. It you definitely and, was hairy. Yeah. You and our NPC. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm the like the the butt of disaster for everything. Like well, they all hate of, me. They all want me to die. What was the story that we came up together? Yeah, no, as, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is why, which is why we kept Montgomery alive because you we were going to let you go back into that role if the players chose differently. Yeah, I feel like there's uh, some thinning of the herd right now, and I might be able to go back to Montgomery no problem. I just need you to kill me. We can do in, that. in a way, yeah. So, because I don't feel like Saturninus is actually contributing much to the party right now. He's not. Like just, Every everything that I bring up gets just shot down immediately from them. And so, I mean, I get it. Like that's the that was the point. Yeah. But, so this, he served his story purpose. So if we need to murder him, then we can. So yeah, just that'd be that'd be good if we can work that in because okay. we've only discovered. One legendary, and you know, people like the Montgomery part, and you know, they don't like Saturnius at all. So, it's just, yeah, we just worked that in. That'd be cool. But okay. I, I don't so, even know how. I just, oh, I, I know, I know. I like talking about it in the past tense. I don't like talking about all the future stuff because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the so, that's one of the complaints that I did get from. Um, from someone in our group, I'm not gonna say. It was the the fact that he fails sometimes. You are in cahoots with another player to determine a storyline instead of just letting it go, and so it's a surprise for everyone. And I said that doesn't matter because the only reason why we're even the the people who've played it before are even talking with you is so that we can get the just get, you know, some storylines that you may not have thought of or that we we feel could be interesting in the in the story arc to get other people involved or, you know, trying to figure things out because it's also first time DM for you. 
I think it's important that we involve everybody as yeah, part of right. the thing. If with such a big party, it was it, it's tough to include everybody every week when it comes right. to details. I talk a lot with Alex mm-hmm. when it comes to building stories because he's played the most out of all of us. Right. And he, he, he's a lot of the things that we've done in our campaign is because he's like, well, here's what Lizzie can do. His character, his character is a pacifist. And so he does not fight with the group and he usually tries to derail us from achieving our goals. But in the end, it never works. He's not mischievous. He just doesn't want to fight. And it's, it's an interesting dynamic. So he does a lot of the help when it comes to what we're going to do with the story. Mm-hmm. So right. as far as getting everybody else involved, um, in order to drive a compelling story, we need to have storylines interconnected or involving everybody. And I can't have that with such a large group. So when I was talking to people, I was trying to involve what they would want to be intercruited into the story. Yeah, that I mean that wasn't the concern, but it's definitely a concern of mine just to make sure that everyone's involved. Um, the just the main concern was be like, well, why isn't the DM coming up with these things? Why is he relying on everyone else to come up with the story? Because that makes it no fun if you know one of the players are not derailing the story, but uh, able to choose the path of what we do because they know the storyline. And, and I think that was the whole Saturnius. Uh, being evil mindset, like, or being part of the group mindset, but that I mean, you're gonna have that from people who've never played before, con- being concerned about what's driving the motives of the game. Like I said earlier, I already have, yeah, the pl- the lines all the way drawn to the end, so that's not week to week is is or two every, two week to two week window is it could drive differently but right but eh, whatever if they have a problem they can come talk to me we can explain it to them it wasn't a problem i don't want to be offended by it it was just a concern (laughs) i am not i just said if if they need to talk then it's important to talk to your dm in a normal situation if there's ever a problem with the game it's important to talk to the dm all right well so yeah i got a question since it feels like we're just interviewing the DM. I yeah. feel like to ask you a couple of questions since Good. you're Good. sounds like you're you're about to DM your own game. Yeah, ideally. Okay. Um so you're taking on so for your podcast for anybody who doesn't know even though we're going to plug the shit out of it, um Drinking Geek Out, your boys are going to be running a game with you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be DMing that. Yep. Do you do you know exactly what you want to do with them? Are they going to be on board with that? I, I do not know yet if they're going to be on board with that. Um, what I plan, they want to play. So I know that that's something that they want to do. Uh, but as for what we're going to do, I don't know. The idea is, the premise would be uh, they get a flyer. Cause they, they're, you know podcast guys go into breweries and they get a flyer to go to a new place in Ohio, I guess we'll just say in Ohio for that's labeled as the best beer festival or craft beer festival ever. 
and it perks their ears because, you know, we want to be, you know, we want to go and taste the best beer ever. And so the four of them go to this beer festival and it's inside of a tent or whatever. And they sit down at the first available table. They grab, you know, a couple beers from surrounding tables and then they get, you know, like a, oh, hey, I know you guys from this. Let's go into this, you know, back special room to get, you know, the special beer. And they go back in there and then they all just black out or they get sucked into a portal or, you know, whatever the fuck. Three of them wake up in this room uh, playing cards. They just wake up and they're playing cards and they're, they just kind of look around and they don't recognize anything and they barely recognize the people they're playing cards with, but there's, you know, something noticeable about every single one of them. They're like, is that you? Keith, is, is that you, pale type of thing? And they notice that one of their companions is missing. It's me. I'm missing. And so they're in this world where they have to find their missing compatriot. And they are also, you know, trying to find their way through and, you know, to all these things. The... Uh, kicker for that would be their, their roles are not determined by them. They would be determined by me and the character that they consume. And it would be kind of like a Jumanji type of thing where they just have like something that tells them what they have available to them. So they have to figure out their abilities. They have them. They just don't know about them yet. Okay. Okay. Well, don't get too far into the story. <laughs> not that you have much written. I just don't want you guys to spoil no, that's that's on? that's the intro. That would be like the intro as to what happens, and then boom, okay. it cuts out right Good. there, and then they have to go and do, and that'd be pretty much everything that I have written. Uh, they get these powers, and then just they make have sure, to come find me. Just make sure Pale's got a lot of Gouda. Yeah, or any type of cheese, really. <laughs> All right, so um, enough of your DMing, because that sounds interesting, and I'm sure that we'll plug it as soon as you guys get started on it. Yeah. As far as when it comes to being a player character, mm-hmm. the campaign that we're running now, yep. is that the most you've done as far as being part of a campaign or your previous games did you? This is the longest running that I've had. Okay. Um, the other couple times that I went, I went with Grant uh, and I had a uh, I had a cleric, a dwarf cleric, and I went a couple sessions, and we barely even like got out of like the room that we were in, and uh, I died. <laughs> <laughs> like we we finally got out of the room, and we were on the path, and then we got attacked by kobolds, and then. I was in the back and I just died and I was like, I even healed myself. This is stupid. <laughs> well, that's that's a more of a DM problem who likes to make it too tough. I feel like giving you guys a story is more important. Right. Than- yeah. And so the 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 experience I had with that was much better. Obviously, COVID is making this one tough, but uh, because everyone's so spaced out, we would probably have to do this anyways, the way they were doing it. But he actually had a map on the table. He had little figurines that he made that, you know, kind of, you know, kind of space things out. He, he drew and made this world himself. 
And it seems like it's, you know, a repeatable world that he's made, but uh, it's still uh, something that, you know, we, you know, worked ourselves through. And I didn't get a whole lot of time. I wasn't invited back after, you know, day two because I was I was killed. <laughs> and so he's like, well, no one can revive you. I was like, all right, cool. Thanks. Thanks for letting me play. <laughs> See, most games make you re- re-roll a character and you keep going with the story. It just sounds like he didn't really want you there. Yeah, it was all right though. They, it was it was somebody Grant worked with. Mm. Um, I think our game's better, anyways. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> I know I'm not offended, uh, but. Yeah, I mean that, and then when we played back in the day, what you said, I don't remember that at all. I remember doing it, I just don't remember it. I remember uh, John was the DM, and Jake was a wizard. He kept just magic missile and everything, and it was weird because John would be like, well, this is what happens, and then Jake's like, nope, we're doing this, magic missile. And then John's like, well, that doesn't work because of this, and then Jake would be like, well, then I'll throw a dag. I'm like, Like, I I don't know, I have no idea. I just, I wasn't sure. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember doing it. I remember doing it. Sorry. I just don't remember like what particularly happened. I don't even, I, I might've been a warrior because that's what I always am, but I don't know. Right. Who knows? But I am just, ever since I got back into the idea of D&D, I am very happy with how things go with that. I'm very, obs- not obsessed, maybe obsessed, probably obsessed. A with- little, little bit obsessed fantasy world and, and living out the role play scene and all that stuff. And then I realized that D and D is everything that we want in a game we can have in ourselves. Yeah. So like the limitations of world of Warcraft or the limitations of Warhammer or whatever game that you can come up with. The limitations could be, what was that? As a, we're at the 30 mark. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll finish it off here in a second. Yep. Um, so, we could find out that the the world that we want could just be at the fingertips of D and D because we can make it whatever we want to make it. If the DM allows it, Mm -hmm. it's just, I found it more fascinating to live in a world where anything can happen. Yeah, I don't definitely agree with that. So, all right, well, I think we're, we're cutting it close to our 30 minute marker. Uh, definitely a good discussion. I'm sure we can come up with many, 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 many different episodes that we can talk about with D&D and Fantasy Worlds and all that stuff. But We can start getting our butt friends in there and bring them in talk. Get mad our, in here to talk. Our butt friends? I don't have any butt friends. No, so we... Okay. We can get our friends in here. And your friends in here. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you have any friends, I can DM for you. You don't have any friends? Okay, that's cool. Alrighty, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. Um, we definitely didn't argue as much as last episode, but this one was uh, just informative as to what's going on with the world, and currently we are still twins. All right, thank you for checking out this episode. I just wanted to let you know that we are the You Are Twins podcast, and it is about two guys who are, as you guessed it, twins uh dustin and brandon wolf out of indiana doing life things 
the best that we can. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at RUTwinsPod. You can find our podcast anywhere that you find your podcasts. And I just want to thank you again for checking things out. And I hope you enjoy uh, how things are going. Feel free to reach out to us on any of our platforms if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything that you want to add uh, to our episode. So thank you very much for listening and have a great rest of your day.